A number of things. Okay. The um, I listened to the London Real uh, last night because I'm preparing. I'm going to be meeting with Brian Rose, the founder of the London Real, on Sunday night for dinner at the Ritz. And uh, um, uh, my wife asked me. Uh, you're staying up later tonight. She thought I was going to watch a movie or talk or bullshit or whatever. You know, uh, I'm way past holding hands and that kind of horseshit. But anyway. And I said, I'm going to watch one in Rio. I don't have time. That's an hour and 40 minutes. So she was thrilled. You know, thrilled. Uh, the, the thing she didn't like about the seminar, and that's why she sat in on the seminar last time. Because when I give the seminar, I'm not around at all. Because I'm busy. And then I'm talking to you. <laughs> And so uh, she says, uh, I said, well, she says, well, why, uh, you know, why are you listening to it? I said, I'm a professional. I want to know exactly what the fuck I said. Because that, that hour plus had a major impact. And I said, I, want to, I didn't want to hear myself. And so after I heard it, and, uh, and normally on the nights that you guys go out to dinner, I don't drink, but I had a, a glass of wine and I watched it. And then I thought to myself, motherfucker, was I good. <laughs> but on a scale from one to a hundred, it's not even my top 50 talks. Not even in my top 50. It may not even be in my top 100. But I was good. And, and so this morning I'm getting ready. And uh, again, I, put, I had to change suits twice because I put... I try to keep it dark so I don't wake up my wife, but I put blue socks on with a gray suit, and I, fuck, anyway, two days in a row I did the same guy, similar thing, anyway, so uh, she wakes up and she says, uh, <coughs> and she says, well, what'd you think of London Real? And I said, well, I'm good, but I says, it's not my top 100, not even in my top 100. And she said, Dad, but you're a world-class public speaker, so you're, you're too hard on yourself, and I said, maybe so, but... The point is, I, I gave that talk, and I could give that talk in my coma just like I could give this seminar in my coma. In a coma, I could probably dead, I could give it. But I prepare. I always prepare. And that differentiates me from about 99% of everybody else. <coughs> and and, and the, the, the uh, moral to this story is preparation. I might listen to it again before Sunday, probably not because uh, there, were, there were no new points. Now, in that regard, I looked uh, at a couple of comments from people who are, uh, that uh, have been watching the YouTube uh, segments. And some guy said, now, just not, we're gonna, we're gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you to comment on this, but he said, um, you know, great anecdotes, great stories, but where are the secrets? Where are the secrets? And I was told by one of the guys on my dream team back there from years ago, Dan, and he was an Alice Shrug, uh, crazy. He really thought that Alice Shrug, the movie, and Anne Rand, it was the end-all, be-all ex-Marine from the uh, Korean War. He says, Dan, there are no secrets. There are only mysteries in life. And, and I, I, that resonated with me for many years. It still has. And there aren't any. And when I, when I read these internet bullshit marketing things, secrets, you know, I mean, it's amusing to me. So this kid that asked me, uh, where are the secrets? You know, these are nice anecdotes. Uh, either he didn't, he didn't connect, 
that the stories are the secrets, if there are any secrets. The stories are the points that I'm trying to make. Uh, and, um, and other guys just put words, awesome, uh, you know, that's fine, and I appreciate the, the compliments. But there are no secrets, guys. There just aren't any. Uh, and one, one of the most uh, key, uh, effective keys to management uh, at a high level is managing by storying around, telling stories. So you can relate the story, or the person can relate to the story that you're giving. And that's the only trouble with being young. No matter how smart you are, you don't have any stories to tell. So the first years of my career, you know, because, you know, the Vietnam War wasn't a popular war, so nobody wanted to hear those stories very much. I had to fight my way with, uh, uh, when the poor kids got shot and killed at Kent State, they closed down a lot of universities across the United States. <clears throat> the University of California was one of them. And so uh, I went to the professors and said, you know, I've been gone four years, I'm going to graduate one way or another. And so he said, well, if you can get to class, and he said, uh, you hold class yourself, and, uh, and he says, you'll graduate. So me and a few guys with baseball bats fought our way to class because the kids were demonstrating, rioting, etc. And so, but th that story didn't, doesn't resonate with anybody. In fact, I haven't said that story in many, many years, especially to the kids now that, you know, uh, uh, that, uh, they, although they're now against other wars, they're, they're, I guess, done being against the Vietnam War, so they've got new stuff for the kids to complain about. And I'm not saying they're not complaining uh, uh, rightfully, but, so I used Co Costa Grasso stories early in my career. And he used to tell stories. And used to tell stories of uh, Aerie, which was Aristotle and Nassus, and I. And 36 tried that, it didn't work. Aerie and I tried that in 77, it didn't work, and it doesn't work now. He used to have seven or eight meetings at once in a big, huge boardroom, and he'd shuffle around and he'd say, <clears throat> Robert, didn't work in 31 or 48, don't try it now. And he'd come and listen over here and he'd go around and he'd be in, only in the room 10, 12, 13 minutes. But he'd cover seven meetings, and he, and what we, we try to do is hit the highlights of the deals when he was listening. And so I used to tell those stories, his stories. And then I started telling Onassis stories because I learned Onassis stories from him. And, but now I got my own stories. You know, I have thousands and thousands of my own stories. But people remember stories. And so that's why I use them a lot. And been, well, I use them a lot because I have a lot of them, but I use them a lot because they're very effective. They're extremely effective. Uh, and uh, in the beginning, uh, you may have some stories already. For those of you that are older in the room, you've got your own stories. Speaking of stories, I walked into the library last night when you guys were at a dinner, and I almost had a heart attack. They almost had a dial. They dialed 999 in this country, right? That's correct. I saw you dressed in some sort of, uh, I'm not sure what that apparel was. Paparazzi. <laughs> yeah, and I said, uh, he kind of thinks he's a rock star or something. And uh, wearing a baseball hat. The only thing is, the, base, the kids wear the baseball hats off to the side like this. I don't know why they do that. They also wear the baseball caps over their ears. I don't understand that either. But you, you had your baseball cap on kind of straight. But uh, you got to get a bigger cap that fits over your ears and one that kind of on the side. And then, but um, he was dressed, I don't know, um, more like, uh, like a civilian kind of. I'm not sure what it was. But... Um, and then, of course, when I walked into the room, he stands up, 
and he comes over to me, you know. That's not my game. But you do look down. You do look down. We're gonna break you that habit looking down. When you talk to people, look in their eyes, eye contact. But you know, that's this is in a public speaking course. But even though I used, I told you, even though I used to, uh, uh, I flunked public speaking in um, high school and university. I used to make eye contact. I knew how to do that, but I still got an F in uh, university. I, I, I think I told you that um, uh, both of those teachers are dead now and have been dead a long time because I wanted to make sure that, uh, that they, they realized how I developed into a public speaker after all. Um, we're going to talk about the weekly report. You got the weekly report? Mm -hmm. You have copies of it? It's over there. No. I got a copy for me. Oh, pass them down, please. Here. And I want to do this for the YouTubers, too. Okay, so we're going to do it now. <coughs> this weekly report has been developed over the last 20 years. And it's, it's, it's a derivative of the, the daily reports I used to give when I was in the military. It was taught to me by a one-star general named Roy Atterbury. Uh, and it's, uh, it's been, uh, the bottom line is you say on a daily or weekly basis, your accomplishments, one section. Second section uh, is uh, what you're going to do for the next week or your goals for the next week. And the third section is your challenges and problems. So if you give me daily or weekly reports for a few reports and you've got nothing listed on uh, challenges or problems for a week, a month, <coughs> then all of a sudden, the bottom falls out of the deal. That's not consistent. There's a dichotomy someplace. Either you're so stupid you didn't realize you were having problems, or you try to hide the problems, not just from me, but from yourself. And the reason for the report is be that you will look at your business differently uh, if you have to make yourself accountable every single day. For example, okay, your daily accomplishments, from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night. I'm being slightly facetious that some of you will list nothing, because you didn't do fuck all. <coughs> because when you write it down, you may think it's an accomplishment, but then when you, after you write it down on a piece of paper, and you look at it in the hard, cold light of day, you realize you didn't do anything. <coughs> okay, people interfaced with, your meetings, your emails, your tweets, your this, your that. Every single person. Those of you that get four, five, six, seven hundred emails a day, I already told you what I thought of that. You need a lobotomy. Everybody know what a lobotomy is? No. Okay. Lobotomy is when they cut the frontal lobe of your brain loose and it kills all the brain cells and it kills your past, basically. And uh, the, uh, they, that used to be the cure for schizophrenia until they came up with drugs. Uh, the, um, I told you, 50, 60, 70 emails, maybe. 100, maybe. <clears throat> and, I'm, and if you can't have a spam filter on your... I mean, you guys know more about that than I do. Because a lot of people get spam. I don't, I don't get any, I have any spam. Of course, I don't sign up for anything. I don't sign up for anything. Um, these, uh, the, um, your actual written goals for QLA and how you related them to what you did that day. 
You mean the goals we wrote it yesterday? No, no, the goals you're going to write. You're going to refine those. But every day you're going to look at the goals. What did I do today that helped accomplish that goal? Or those goals, because you've got more than one. In most cases, the answer is nothing. And it will become painfully obvious to you why you are where you are today. So that's the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, you know, after 12 months of this, or actually after just a few weeks of this, and after just a couple conference calls, uh, me calling you a fucking meathead and beating on you, uh, you know, it's like Pavlov's dog. Pavlov, I saw where Pavlov was born in St. Petersburg. Pavlov's, uh, you know, uh, the uh, shock therapy type to get you to respond. That's what this is. Uh, how do the above goals relate, I said that uh, to you, uh, how do your above actions relate uh, to your goals? Hours work daily. Sitting down and talking to your kid may be nice and may be required, may be necessary, but that's not hours worked. How many hours you really worked? Some of you actually are physically moving for 10, 12 hours a day, but you're not even working half that time. Not billable hours, hours worked. Um, waste the time. I give you the first week to get started. I don't, you don't have to measure waste of time in the first week. Waste the time. Your definition of your, what time you waste will change month to month. Because you're going to be able to key back, well, I did this and I accomplished this. Well, I did this and I accomplished nothing. Well, that's wasted time. Because you're really going to make yourself accountable and measurable on everything you do on a daily basis. And in the beginning, you're excited to do these, but after a few weeks, you don't want to do them because you see how much, how, for the most part, you've wasted your days, weeks, months, and in some cases, lives. Uh, <clears throat> what have I done today to review my QLA material? I suggest 30 minutes a day, you listen to the tapes, you review your notes, you review the CDs that you're going to get here. <clears throat> um, 30 days. Some people spend more than 30 days. Some people, like, I can work 10, 12, 14 hours straight with no break. Other than going to the bathroom. Some people can only work two hours and they need to take a break. Some people can work four hours and they need to take a break. I recommend, during the break, so it's not wasted time, you're reading your QLA stuff. Some people, during their breaks, read their affirmations. So that means you're reading your affirmations. Well, if you need to take a lot of breaks in a day, that means you're reading your affirmations many, many times. Um, how much exercise time? I recommend highly, and, uh, and when I say recommend, that means you dip shit. It works, so do it. But you, everybody exercise at least three times a week, but daily is uh, better. But even if it's only 15, 20, 30 minutes, I, I exercise a lot more than that, uh, but I'm a lot older than you and I'm trying to uh, not wither away and die like most of my contemporaries my age. Um, social media that forwards your QLA war action plan. Not social media, <coughs> like how you use it. Social media because you're on LinkedIn, you're contacting people, etc. Social media, the other social media is you listen to wasted time. Um, and if your goals for next week don't correspond 
to your accomplishments for the current week, then your, your management, your time management is all fucked up. So it's very easy to just, and especially the guys who do it in the spreadsheet. Jerry Riccovina, God bless you, he's probably got the best spreadsheet of all of them. Yeah, I know you want a copy. Well, I can't give you a copy of his spreadsheet. Okay, but he's, he's, he's the best guy for spreadsheets. He does good weekly reports too, but he, uh, a lot of his reports are War and Peace. War and Peace was written by a Russian, wasn't it? Tolstoy. Yeah, yeah Tolstoy. Yeah. He writes good reports, but they're more on the War and Peace side. They're long. But uh, the, uh, they used to be longer, but uh, <laughs> they're long. Um, the, um, and then at the bottom, problems and challenges. I only made a challenge recently. It just used to be problems. Because I don't believe there's challenges, there's just problems. But um, the. Uh, and most of the time, the guys uh, the, uh, list not enough time in the day, which is true. Uh, trying to do too much, which is also true. Uh, because most of you are trying to do way, way too many things. Way, way too many. You know, Koswitz, the great uh, strategist, focus on the few, not the many. It's been proven by studies and by my own career for in six different decades is that you can, you can do two or three things. If you're good, you can do two or three things, okay? Uh, a lot of you aren't good. You're gonna be good before the year's up. And so, but a lot of you are involved in 15, 20 things. And, uh, and you can't be passionate about all 15 or 20, I know. Talk to Hans, Hans got a passion. Unfortunately, it isn't what he's doing right now on, on his work. But he's passionate and he's, he's like a zealot, which is good. Now we got to turn that passion and ze zealot-like uh, actions towards what he really loves and somehow turn it into a money-making thing. And that's that's the key. It's all right to be a zealot if it's your and it's your passion if you're making money from it. You're creating wealth to do good, etc., etc. Okay. Any questions on the weekly report? You all have a copy now. So with the daily accomplishments, we're, we're keeping a list every single day of the things that Correct. we've done, and then also a list every single day of the people we've met with, or interface with over meetings, emails, and calls every single Correct. person. Correct. Every day. Every single person. Every every single person. And you, will, without even me commenting on it, you'll say, Sam will say, fuck, what am I talking to this guy for? Well, you know, what does this guy have to do with any of my goals? <laughs> and I can tell you right now. And again, with the greatest respect, love your moms, take care of your moms, but I've had people in this seminar that talk to their mother 12, 14, 16 times a day. Now, if she's dying, she's got cancer, I, that's not what I mean. I mean just because your mother's neurotic and she calls you every 45 minutes. <clears throat> as, as Allah is my witness, this is true, I'm not making this up. <clears throat> You look at, well, why would it Believe me, <clears throat> we've seen it all here. I've told you, this Sodom and Gomorrah got nothing on this seminar <clears throat> except murder. We've never seen anybody killed in the seminar. <clears throat> we had a couple attempted suicides, but they didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't work out. When you say attempted suicides, what did you find? Oreo pills. <clears throat> we've had one guy try to drink himself to death. He wasn't doing it on purpose. But I don't think, but uh, 
and the, the, and he was staying in care in the cottage, and they had a care. I went to sleep, uh, and they had to carry him up there. He fell and cracked his head open, and uh, the uh, and then he had a plane to catch, and he, he lost his uh, uh, he lost his passport. Couldn't find his passport. When you're fucked up drunk, I mean, <laughs> and the only reason he, I think he looked for his passport is because the guy that was dragging him, uh, it wasn't Alex, the, our security guy that's here at night, it wasn't him, it was another guy, big guy, big, a black belt guy, uh, a martial strength, you got your passport, and he's dragging him along, you know, no, I don't know where it is, and so he drops him and he runs back in there and he's, you know, looking for it. <clears throat> But uh, when we get off YouTube, I'm going to tell you about the story about a Harvard-educated doctor and what he did graduation night, which is tonight, which is one of the great stories. But YouTube, I'll just get a bunch of emails. That didn't really happen. He didn't really go to Harvard. He wasn't really a medical doctor. He didn't really masturbate in front of everybody. I'll tell you the whole story, because that's only the highlight of the story, the masturbation part. <laughs> I'll say it right now. He jacked off on the snooker table in front of a bunch of people. Harvard-educated boy. And then he fell off and broke his fucking leg. Awesome. Awesome. And then the joiner, the one O-level guy I told you about, made him a cast. <laughs> <laughs> and that ain't even the highlight of it. But, uh, a crooked cast. Yeah, but the guy's still alive. and so. Uh, but slander's only slander if it's not true. <clears throat> Okay. I wish that we had, you know, this is before the days of everybody had a camera. Fuck, did I wish that we had cameras back in the, the 90s. Uh, because in the 90s, the guys that attended the seminar and the gals were crazy. They were crazy. Okay, YouTubers, we'll talk to you later.